Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1235 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Oilers Power Packs uh, go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. That's Oilers Power Packs. Which pack is right for you? The Saturday night pack, the afternoon pack, or one of the value packs? Check out all nine new Power Packs at edmontonoilers.com. And we'll remind you that guests in the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to uh, Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. All right. As promised, in studio, uh, the two guys that run the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey program uh, for... Three seasons, he was an assistant coach uh, with the Oilers at the NHL level, uh, previously a head coach with uh, Nashville's farm team uh, Milwaukee in the American Hockey League. Uh, We welcome back to the show and back to the studio for his second appearance in less than uh, 14 hours, Ian Herbert. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Really good, Bob. Thank you. Yeah, nice of Reed to uh, coordinate between Brendan and myself. your visit, so that's a warm up. So it's yeah. good. So yeah. while we're we're shelling out a lot of money here to have you here over the course <laughs> of the last couple of days, and um, Stan Barpel is the general manager of the Golden Bears programs. Uh, he was an assistant on the team in 0708. Uh, you guys played together way back in the day. Uh, we've actually known each other. The three of us have known each other for 30 plus years. Stan, welcome back. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having us, Bob. Yeah, absolutely. And it has been what? Uh, so your first year was. 88-89, is that right? Either? Yeah. Okay, and Stan, was yours 89-90? That's right, yeah. yeah. so Billy had a soft spot for you. Is that what happened? I think he just had a bad recruiting year, and he had to take me, but you know, that's got, that's you won't got, tell anyone that. Well, Brendan Escott was pulling up your bio on HockeyDB. He's like, Stan didn't score a lot, but he got a lot of penalty minutes. Yeah, I could take a punch about as good as anyone. Yeah, uh, there was uh, there was the one year of the St. Albert Saints. I think you had over 300 minutes. Truth be known, I think I think if you're on the team in that role, you you probably won more than you lost. Yeah, we. Uh, I well, you know, I showed up. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's all you have. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we're, we're, we'll we'll get to some sort of more laid back stuff a little bit later on. It's it's interesting. Let's get to the here and now with what happened this year. Ian, you returned to the program. Uh, Serge went off to Kamloops to get the opportunity there. It was uh, you were on a three year leave uh, from the U of A. Uh, we're under contract for three years. Uh, there was no extension coming for Peter Shirelli. Todd McClellan obviously had a different coaching staff. Todd's gone as well. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on the orders in a second, but um, I just want to talk about the year you guys had. You you made it to the University Cup final, didn't get the end result that you wanted, but overall, Ian, how would you assess the season? 
Well, for me, it was a different year, especially with all the injuries we had at the beginning of the season. It was tough to even to put a full lineup those first two months. We were always a player, two players, a couple games, even three players short, and we carry extra players. Uh, so that's a rare occasion for us. Um, I thought we came a long way from the start of the year. A lot of things I wanted to implement, work ethic, um, the style of play, the way we want to do things. Uh, we came a long distance. Uh, unfortunately, we fell a game short at Nationals. I thought UNB was a very good team. They played very well. They came out of the gate well. Um, and just I like to meet them in a best of three situation. And it was their it was their tournament this year, this past year. Uh, we'll, we'll learn from it. We'll get better. Uh, but I don't think, and well, at least in the four years I've been with the Bears now, back coaching, that we've had this many guys sign this good of pro deals. We, you know, you always get guys going to the East Coast League and right. a few different places over in Europe. But we had an NHL contract, two KHL contracts, and two American League contracts. So just proves how hard the guys worked and all the stuff and development we do during the season with Dave Pelchase, Stan, myself, uh, all our other coaches, Joel Jackson, strength conditioning coach. So a very good year. Yeah. Uh, Stan, you might be better off uh, answering this one because it gets Ian off off the uh, ropes on it. Um, my personal perception, I mean, it, a, a year ago, you guys rallied against Saskatchewan at Nationals, but St. FX upset UNB um, at home. And for our listeners, we got a lot of listeners that probably have some sense of the history of the Golden Bear program, but right now, what we have going on between UNB and Alberta is sort of like what's going on between Clemson and Alabama in football. Like they've alternated the last four championships, um, and you got to be going on your best day. And and you guys, like you avoided UNB in that final. I don't want to take anything away from your championship against St. Effects, but I actually think once your team got healthy this past season, you might have had, like, when I watched the team, to me it looked like a better team than the team that you had that you won the championship with. And and the only team you lost to was UNB. Uh, you know, it was a one-goal game. So on that note, am I out to lunch or am I on to something? No, I think uh, both were very good teams. Uh, you know, uh, if you asked me uh, two years ago, was I upset that we weren't uh, playing UMB in the final? I would say definitely no. Uh, you know, down to a bit of a lack of discipline on their part. Took right. Got into some penalty trouble, and, and FX, uh, you know, took advantage of that on the power play, and so we got them in the final instead. But, uh, you know, I think uh, both both teams are very good, both a little bit different. Um you know, as Ian said, uh, we got some big uh, holes to fill this year with uh, some guys graduate or leaving early. Um, you know, to pursue a pro career with some great options. So, uh, you know, my thing is just making sure that they come back spring and summer and finish their degree, and they all agreed to do that. Uh, the ones that left early. So, um, you know, we wish them the best, and we're really happy for them. And. Uh, We'll follow their careers closely. Well, Stan, you played a factor. We're going to have Derek Ryan on the show at 135, and you played a factor in sort of Derek's journey. Uh, you hooked him up with an agent. Uh, you got him over to Austria initially. Then he went to Sweden, and that's where he really gained notoriety for NHL teams. Uh, he was the Swedish uh, elite league, uh, the SA, I guess it's now called the SHL, MVP of that entire league in Obrero, which is not a usual powerhouse in that league. And um, that got him the contract with the Carolina organization, despite the efforts of some people to push hard internally and get him signed here at Edmonton, and it never came to fruition. Um, and and so there's there's your temp. I mean, you, Ian's your own. You know, you were on the defense with Ian all those years ago. Dean was that as well. I mean, it was a guy that came through the U of A, 
won a Calder Cup in the American Hockey League and ended up playing in the NHL. I mean, those are the success stories you're looking for, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we also were able to play with Corey Cross, who, who had a great NHL career, and before him, you know, guys like Randy Gregg. And, um, you know, it's it's there's every, you know, five to ten years, we always seem to have uh, a few guys playing in the National Hockey League. But I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, with the way things are going and, uh, you know, a lot more NCAA players who are, getting chosen and and i think it's just now a matter of time before the nhl starts to look at our league because there's some great players in there that have had some great uh, whl or chl careers and they're finally starting to get an opportunity again which is great ian you coached in the ahl so let's talk about the five guys that signed elsewhere um we'll start uh with luke phillip he was uh the first golden bear player to be named player of the year in the ci well i guess it's called U sports now since russ houston did it in back-to-back years and russ just simply lacked the foot speed to have uh, played at the next level russ was a very gifted offensive player luke phillip does have that speed it's a different game today um you know he's the he's going to be on the flames american hockey league team this year is he a guy that you think in three or four years a couple years in the minors could maybe carve out a niche for himself as an nhl player i think so his compete his passion uh things he did in the summer this previous previous summer uh to get ready for last season just shows his character uh, so he'll have the hard work. He'll be pushing hard this summer. I know he's been doing a lot of things, especially getting his ankle back into rehab. Um, but he's got the skill. He can make the plays. He can play in tight areas. Now it'll be him playing against pros, men, uh, guys with that a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit smarter. Uh, so it'll take him a year or two to adjust to it down in the American League, and I think he has a shot. Jason Fram and Brandon McGee both signed uh, with... Cunlin, uh Red Star. Yeah. Uh, Scotty McWilliam is actually the one of the guys that runs that team. He's a friend of Wayne Gretzky's, and uh, we'll get Scotty on this summer. There's a reason why, uh, certainly with Fram, uh, because he's there could be an opportunity for could he theoretically represent China in the Olympics again? Yeah, he can. Stan probably knows more on that, but the ancestry. Yeah, yeah. his um, grandparents are Chinese, and his mom was born in Singapore. Okay. Uh, so he has that lineage, and so uh, if he stays in the country, I think a couple years, he'd be uh, eligible for a passport and an opportunity to play for the Chinese national. Be- because they have signed. Uh, I, th- I thought I saw yesterday another guy that was sort of an AHL guy that they just signed. I mean, they've signed a bunch of guys of Chinese uh, lineages that would theoretically, obviously we all know what's coming up in 2022. Is that part of the reason why, Stan, you think? Because uh, did Jason Fram not reach out to you last year and discuss the possibility of leaving? Yeah, he came and saw me in the, over the course of the summer. And, um, you know, one of the big reasons for him coming here was, you know, his mother is very high on education and his father and wanted him to get his business degree. So he had just finished two years at that point. And, you know, I said to him, I said, you know what, Jason said, give it another year, have another year like you did this year. I said, get another year of schooling under your belt and I said they'll come back they'll want you they'll offer you more money and then take another uh, think about it but just give me one more year you know then it'll be easier for you to finish your degree spring and summer and he he thought that was a good idea came back had another great year under Ian Um, I thought last year he really matured the defensive side of his game an offensively gifted player that always had that but i thought defensively his gap and his 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 closing down on guys his stick on puck his compete was was getting better and better and i kind of wish he would have stayed four or five years i think he might have been able to get an an ecl like uh 
like Philper did, but at the end of the day, it was a, they came back with a, a much better deal, and he decided to go, so we wish him the best. Golden Bears general manager Stan Mar- Marple, Ian Herbert's the head coach of the Bears program. You mentioned the two guys in the American League. One of them was a goaltender, Zach Sotjenko, and the difference with him, he's he was only with you guys for two years, and he came as a 20-year-old. He did not return to Tim Hunter's program in Moose Jaw, uh, and a lot of people think that might have cost Moose Jaw the WHL championship the year Manny Beaveros won it in Swift Current. Um, he was your number one goaltender the last two years. That's a big loss uh, for your program. Uh, and he did not sign an NHL deal. He signed an AHL deal in San Jose, but at the age of 22. So there's lots of opportunities, Stan, for him to maybe, you know, spend one year sort of between the coast and the AHL and get an NHL deal. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they have a pretty pretty smart scouting and, and coaching staff and management staff. That's a well-run organization. San Jose, yeah, and so, you know, basically, he's got the same deal as Philper if he plays in the American League. It's just that he's not one of their 50 contracts. So, right. you know, the downside to that is he could sign with another NHL team if he really lights it up, but they would get some compensation. Uh, but at the end of the day, if he does really well, then they could always offer him that uh, ELC as well. So it's uh, it's basically the same deal if they're both playing in the American League. So it, And it's a two-year deal, and it, it may a lot of sense for for, for, for Saws, I believe, at this time. All right. Uh, Manitoba Moose, uh, American Hockey League deal for Graham Craig, who the Oilers uh, signed a number of years ago to a, uh, a an amateur, I guess, a short-term pro deal or whatever when he uh, came out of major junior hockey, and then he ended up redshirting for a year, playing for you guys for a couple of years, so he's just wrapped up his fourth year of eligibility, and, and, and now he's headed back to the American Hockey League. Um, very, I'd say, well, not as tough as you were, but a similar, you know, big, lanky, strong defensive defenseman. Does he got to, you think he can be, again, you coach in the AHL, do you think he can be a full-time AHL D-man? Uh, there'll be some adjustment. The speed, the quickness, decisions are made. He'll have to work on that. But uh, he's a way better skater than I was at, at that point in my career. Uh, moves very well for a big man, gets up the ice, uh, likes to get involved. Uh, so I think there's a shot. When you got a big guy that can skate, there's always opportunity for, for guys like that. We have Stan Marple and Ian Herbertson. We're talking a bit about the Golden Bears hockey program. Uh, we're going to talk about the eight-man tournament. We're going to talk about the best player these two guys played with that probably could have played pro. Uh, certainly, I would say over the last 30 years, for me... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Is the the number one guy that could have played the National Hockey League that elected to go a different route. All that coming up and more here on Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, it's 12.50. Uh, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. 
Is that uh, the Connor McDavid sting, Brendan, that we just heard? Uh, because Ian Herbers uh, coached Connor for three years. In fact, now has he already reached out to book you for the fall when they get back in town here? Ian, what do you got going there? Do you know whether or not you're doing that this year? No. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Okay. Well, I'll get your mic turned on here. Yeah. There you go. No, no, I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet, so... Uh, we'll see if, the, if it's available and it works out for my schedule. Yeah, it's always a great opportunity for me. You spent three years as an assistant coach with the Oilers. Uh, Taylor Hall was traded uh, during the time that uh, he was in Edmonton. Uh, were you surprised that he took as far a step forward as he did with the New Jersey Devils and ended up becoming a league MVP? Well, like a lot of guys in the NHL, a change of scenery sometimes is what they need. And uh, I contacted him right after the trade, and I told him he'd do well out east and have a great season and a great career out there if that's where he ends up staying. And, and he has taken off and has played very well. Well, he's probably, I mean, he's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if Jersey can get the deal done with him. Because uh, if he goes to free agency, my guess is every team in the league will be after him. Uh, you got to figure he's going to make nine and a half, ten million bucks a year in his next deal. So it's uh, pretty. Uh, do you, what did you, what did you think of your time just uh, with the orders? I mean, you were with Todd for those three years. Yeah, uh, no, I enjoyed it. It was a great experience for me. Obviously, uh, very good with Todd and the coaching staff, the, all the trainers and everybody, all the support staff was fantastic. Uh, get to work with the best player in the world, uh, and then also Leon, who's right up there as well. Uh, some other great people on the team, so it was a fantastic experience for me. I learned a lot, picked up a lot, uh, had a lot of chance to see how other organizations run things, especially being upstairs those last couple of years, seeing how they do things, being at the rink. Uh, so good experience for me, good way to see things. Some guys don't like being upstairs. Some guys think it's an insult. I should be on the bench. Every coach has to be on the bench. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, for me, being a young guy in the National Hockey League, I think it was a good experience getting to see things from up top. Uh, on the bench, it's a lot different game because of the speed and going sure. back. Even that one game I went back on the bench, it took me five, ten minutes just to get used to the guys zipping by that quick because up top, it's, it's it looks a, a very, easy, very easy game. It looks like I could still play. Um, but, um, no, it's a good experience. You get to see it up there, get a different, and then get to see the other bench a lot and see how they manage their bench and see how the other coaches manage their players and their, how they do things. So it's, it's good. You spent a lot of time with Jay Woodcroft. Uh, Ian and um, you know as we're joined by Ian Herbers the head coach of the Golden Bears Stan Marple the GM are you surprised that because uh, part of what Jay did was build some real culture and that was I was lacking uh, you know some some of the feelings I had with what was going on the previous years uh, where the focus was maybe off a little bit uh, but uh, I mean that team won like 17 18 games in a row uh, I can tell you right now that I've had agents from around the league try to get guys placed on AHL deals that, hey, we want to get in there. We want My guy wants to play there because he thinks, that, number one, guys that sign AHL contracts there end up getting NHL deals a year later if they perform. I mean, the Oilers have got the, you know, two years ago it was Josh Curry, and then last year was the, the right shot defenseman Logan Day. But you worked side-by-side side three full years, not just with uh, Todd McClellan, Ian, but with Jay, are you surprised that he did as well as he did? Not at all. He's an extremely hard worker. He's He was there first thing in the morning, one of the last guys leaving every day. Uh, very knowledgeable, always pushing to find new ways, different ways of doing things. Uh, never happy with status quo. You know, he had some very good power plays in San Jose, but then always looking to find different ways to do things. Uh, very good teacher, very good development, very good communicator. Um, and he's, I guess, where the old school, where you just play the old guys. That isn't the way for him. You're doing the work. You're, you got the skill. You're putting the time in. He, he'll play and give you that chance and that opportunity to develop.
All right. Uh, so I mentioned uh, when I opened the show today that uh, two guys that I've known for 30-plus years. So you guys were on the team when I first started getting into the broadcasting business. And there was a player on that team that, you know, when I when I sit around and we're all, I mean, I don't know, Stan, if you hit 50, you, you don't look it. But uh, I, I know, Herbie, you're because I played against you. So I know for a fact you're in your 50s. Uh, you were obviously a lot better than I was. Uh, but um, when, I, when I talk to guys that are involved with that program, uh, about guys that could have played in the NHL that never did. There's one name for me as a guy that's observed the program for the last 30 years where I said, yep, that guy could have played in the NHL when they only had 21 teams. And that is Adam Morrison, who is a 50-goal scorer in the Western Hockey League. Stan, he, uh, I don't know, how many how many different times do you think NHL teams reached out to him and offered him contracts over the five years at the U of A? Well, I, I know for sure more than three times, but... Uh, I was just, it was great to play with him. Um, he was that type of guy that could always score you a goal when you needed it the most, it seemed. He had an unbelievable shot. I'd hate to see him shoot with a one-piece stick because <laughs> he used this old Titan thing. And I mean, he could just, like, I think one year, the year we won Nationals in 92, I think at Christmas the team had like 56 goals and Mo had 24 of them himself. Uh, after the Christmas break, we were having a beer and he says, you know, Marps, I feel bad. Uh, I'm scoring too much. I got to start passing the puck more. So he ended up doubling his assists in the second half and not scoring as much but he came through big in the playoffs in Regina when we needed him and again at the national tournament and uh, it's just a pleasure to play with him great guy he uh, and he was tough too like he could back it that that's the thing like it's he, he he could and when we when you say he could shoot like Brett Hall it didn't overpower guys with shots but had a quick shot Mo at, at certain levels could Adam Morrison could do both those things like he could hammer it past you but he could also snipe a quick one past you and if he had to back it up he was and we should mention this that Adam ended up it was always his desire to be a, in the police service so he worked in that industry for a number of years but that is that not true that he could kind of beat you in many different ways yeah you know he, he was he was a tough guy on the ice and off the ice that's for sure you have to do any little mopping up after him once in a while <laughs> Uh, my lips are sealed. There we go. Statue <laughs> of limitations. Uh, you were an All-Canadian. He was an All-Canadian in the same year, the guy, year you guys won in uh, 1992. That was the last year you, you played with the program. And it was Yeah, that was the last yeah. year, right? Then you signed and went down to uh, uh, Cape Breton. How how would he have, you guys won the uh, Calder Cup the next year in Cape Breton? Now, Billy McDougall, that was the year he had like 52 points in 16 games or whatever. But would Mo have been able to play in the league at that time? Easily. He had size. He was thick. He was strong on pucks. He could skate well. Um, shoot well and like you guys are talking about he played with a little bit of bite and edge to him and so if he, he got pissed off he'd be getting a little shot in the ribs or whatever and, and that could, was in practice yeah and he could back it up as well so back then that's the way a lot of the goal scorers were they could play both sides of the game so no he definitely could he decided though he had enough of hockey and wanted to get in the police service and um, decided to pack it in yeah there you go 1258 in Edmonton uh, when we come back uh, we'll talk a bit about uh, some of the guys that these guys went different routes. Uh, Stan spent forever over in Britain and became a huge fan of the EPL. Uh, and uh, Ian, uh, I'll, I'll use the term kicked around, but you were a minor pro, uh, worked uh, a lot or played a lot in the Detroit organization with the Vipers when they were sort of the the uh, the big uh, the big team in the old IHL. Uh, with the Golden Bears, uh, 
powerhouse uh, duo that has uh, made them a perennial, and, and they're back at that level because they weren't for a couple of years. But we've got Stan Marple and Ian Herbers here off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. You're all in one convenient location. Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. Our River Cree Resort Casino hotline is 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. If you think all dealerships are the same, think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. I'm available, Bob underscore Stoffer. That's Bob underscore Stoffer. And uh, Brendan Escott is at Brendan Escott. We have Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Golden Bear Hockey Program, and Stan Marple for the next half hour. And uh, another guy like Ian that came out of U of A and went on to play in the NHL, current Calgary Flame, uh, Derek Ryan, will join us at 1.35. Uh, today, I do want to remind you that Oilers Power Packs go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Which pack is right for you? The Saturday night pack, the afternoon pack, uh, they've got the Stanley Cup champion pack, they've got the Canadian team pack, all the teams uh, from Canada that you love to hate. Check out all nine uh, new Power Packs at EdmontonOilers.com. We'll bring Ian and Stan back in. Ian, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, what do you now? If you don't mind, what are you? Fifty-two now? Forty-nine. Forty-nine. Forty-nine and holding. Yeah. 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 For the last three years. For the last three years, <laughs> we're old. Yeah. Yeah. We're so old now. I gotta ask you this because uh, Brendan was honest about it earlier in the show. Uh, do you, when people call your phone, do you take every call? I, I think I know the answer to this, but do you always take the because this the younger general when you're out there recruiting kids how's how's that go because stan you kind of and maybe you can explain to our listeners kind of how this works and your role as gm and ian's the head coach you make a lot of the initial contacts uh, a little bit different than it was when uh you couldn't believe that bill morris called you back in uh, 1989 <laughs> well yeah i got a phone call from coach drake and i just about had a heart attack i was so excited but uh yeah no it's uh it's a little bit different now i mean different modes of communication and kids like to text a lot you know i'd probably say 50 percent of the communication i have with recruits and stuff is via text message email um and then not so much on the phone but uh yeah it's it's different you know a lot of times you'll call and they'll know you're calling but they won't answer so then you'll just wait and call back later you'll call and then send a text and then what's a good time to call and then you know so it's yeah a little bit different but uh you know get the same message across ian same deal yeah well a little caller id now i get a few unknown calls i have some agents call me about players that they want to get into our program and stuff like that so um sometimes most of the time answer the calls every once in a while i'm unable to so i'll usually get back to them right away if possible but as stan said a lot of it is done by text message i know when i was still playing for the bears i think it was my second year with the bears it's about six in the morning and my phone's ringing i'm still half asleep i answer the phone no cell phones or anything back then 
again, just the old uh, desk phone. Pick it up. Herbie, it's Hitch. Why don't you come to Philly for camp? Yeah, whatever. Hung up. And, and he, all of a sudden the phone rings back 30 seconds later. Herbie, it's Hitch. Don't hang up. Oh, hey, Hitch, how you doing? And, that, and so then I ended up going to Philly's camp that year. He was assistant coach with the team. So Yeah. Now, you played for uh, him. Uh how much do you think he's changed over the years? First of all, was he really that? Everyone says he's a defensive coach first, but as I recall in junior, his teams were pretty offensive. Uh, you know, uh, you, well, he had you, some very skilled guys, Brownie and Augud, and guys like yeah, those that. guys weren't any. They weren't any good as major junior players. Uh, no, right? not at all. They weren't very good in midge either. So <laughs> uh, they found a way, though. No, fantastic offensive guys, and so no for him, it was all about the details and repetition and doing things, not leaving anything to chance. The preparation, yeah, uh, just the work ethic, out competing, out battling. Um, so he would let guys that had skill play skill, but you had to do it within his structure. How long? Uh, so you you went uh, Ian Herbers. You you went from the U of A. Uh, you were in Swift Current. You played uh, obviously for uh, Graham James at that time, uh, and then on to uh, the U of A playing for Claire Drake. Talk about a, a difference in personalities I would have seen between those two fellows, uh, two individuals. But uh, you, you you end up in the Oilers organization. But then for a number of years, you played in the IHL in Detroit. And that was not – there was a while at the IHL, some of the teams in the IHL were paying a lot better than the American Hockey League. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Some guys were making very good money, 250 300 and And we're talking the late 80s or early uh, mid-90s here, right? Especially when you come from the American Hockey League making 30000 Canadian or 25000 Canadian, right. and all of a sudden you guys were making 250 I wasn't in that category, but I definitely didn't receive a bump. Yeah. Uh, who was your connection? Was was it Dudley? Who was the guy that sort of... Yeah, Rick Dudley was the GM coach when uh, the Oilers loaned me out to him. Um, that year my contract was up. Could have went back with Empton. They re-offered me a deal. Uh, wasn't the right situation for me, right opportunity for me. Duds wanted me back, uh, signed me to a good deal for me, uh, and ended up playing in Detroit and had to, uh, some good years there. Enjoyed my time there. And the owner's name at the team at that time, because he ended up getting... Mr. Tampa, Davidson. He got Tampa Bay, too. Is that how you... Had kind of ended up in Tampa Bay? Yeah, the organization bought Tampa, and Dudley and Ludzik uh, went to Tampa Bay. They just invited me to camp. No, they just needed another defenseman in camp, and I ended up earning a spot on the team and signed a National Hockey League contract. So you two guys were tight. Uh, Stan, you were playing over in the British League, and really it was in its embryonic stages at that time. Like, was I mean, was, Tony Han like, had like... 250 points in a year. Didn't Doug McCarthy go to that league and put up like ridiculous numbers as well? Yeah, you know, it was a little bit different back then. It's it's evolved for sure. I mean, they've had hockey there since uh, since the Second World War, really. But it's when I was over there, it was when I first went over there. The top league. Uh, only had five imports and uh, so you're one of five guys you had to play all the time it was a lot of fun uh, my first game I got a goal I got an assist I got in a fight and uh, they called me back on the ice I won the man of the match award and some guy from Heineken gave me two 24 beer I came into the room I said I like this place <laughs> it was it was the right spot for you yeah it was the right spot for me <laughs> all righty uh, Stan Marple joining us along with uh, uh, Ian Herbers it's uh, one 112 at Edmonton right now uh, you talked a, a bit, so you lost a bunch of guys, and you talked about how it kind of works recruiting-wise. Uh, we had Dwayne Rollison on yesterday, and uh, he works with the goaltenders in Victoria. Griffin Outhouse is one of those guys. So I know you guys don't, conf- when, when do you normally confirm things, Stan? Like the first day of school starting in September? Because you're trying to get the guys that are 
literally the best available guys that yeah, are. Yeah, Griff's committed to our program. He's cre- so, he's, so he's so, coming. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll be going to uh, uh, an NHL rookie camp, but uh, you know he doesn't have a contract or anything. An NHL deal. And this is yeah. for the listeners. So for parents out there that maybe got kids that are in the major junior stream right now. Uh, it really comes down to this. If they do not have an NHL deal, what should happen? It's pretty difficult. Uh, you know, if they're going to sign a, an AHL East Coast League deal and they don't have an entry-level contract, it's very rare that a player is able to play in the American League. And even if he does, he can't get called up to the NHL because he's not on an entry-level contract. And they forego their education at that point, too. Is that right? Well, they have. They can play a full calendar year. They can They can wait 18 months after they graduate from the Western Hockey League and, and still use their Western Hockey League scholarship package. Which is that is, a change? The 18 months? Did they, did it used to be shorter term than that? Um, no, I think they're pretty lenient. So what that does is it allows the kids to play one full year of pro and then still use okay. their package. I think in the con- Contract, it's a little bit shorter, but the Western Hockey League's been good about honoring their, their education package, and uh, we haven't seen an issue where teams denied it. So they, yeah. even though it's, maybe it's gone past the deadline, they've been very good about it. Yeah, they, they want to be as lenient as possible. I mean, obviously there's rules with everything in life, but uh, they want to help the kids and 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 get them to get as many of them as possible to use their packages. And and you know, let's face it, they earned it by playing in the Western Hockey League. It's a great program, and uh, we're definitely beneficiaries of that. Because it was not around when you guys were playing, is that correct? I think I was one of the first guys to use the package. Really? Yeah. 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 Okay. But it it was tough to get my money out of the teams. I had yeah. to get it out of Swift Current and Spokane, and uh, it was a battle every year to try and get reimbursed all the time and get the funds out. So that was thirty years ago. Obviously, yeah, the it's, league, it's, the great. league pro- it's great now. It's yeah. great now. I mean, the guys don't even uh, any guy with the Western Hockey League deal. Their funds get uh, straight from the Western Hockey League right to the registrar's office, and their fees are taken care of. Their books are reimbursed as soon as they send uh, Greg uh, the uh, Greg Gardner. Greg Gardner ex-captain of the Golden Bears, but he's working for the WHL and the education department. And when, as soon as they, they get the receipts from Greg, they reimburse them for the books. It's it's an excellent program. Yeah, yeah. It's night and day now. It's compared to what, it, and it has yeah. to be. Yeah, it has to be because yeah. there's options for the players, and the WHL wants the majority of the best players playing in their leagues out of this. Uh, and then the fallback is they can go play to any Canadian. Pro- and in fact. They don't even actually have to play hockey, do they? No. The school's covered either way? Well, the, the bottom line is, uh, yeah, their school's covered I- either way. I mean, they've been, I don't want to mention any names, but there was one player that uh, I recruited to come play for us. He had some concussion issues, and, uh, you know, he just said, Stan, you know, I'm just going to focus on uh, on school. I, I got my WHL package. I'm going to take advantage of it, and I just I don't want to risk another concussion. And I said, you know, that's fine. I totally respect that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great program. It's guaranteed for the players and uh, you know you don't get too many things in life that are guaranteed yeah absolutely all right so you have griffin out outhouse who well, a lot of guys would consider is the, the top uh the top goaltender uh, available out of whl this year to your program uh you lost a couple pretty key defensemen uh how, you're gonna be able to re uh, and you, you have some depth defensemen that supported you as well that have been with the program so you probably have three or four spots is that fair Ian, that are out there yeah yeah no i'm very happy with the defense we've brought in this year uh very good top defensemen in, in the western hockey league is 20 year olds uh so i'm excited about this year with the forwards defensemen the goaltending we brought in uh kind of almost a clean state slate because if you include uh butcher and soy uh butcher redshirted with us and soy maybe played 
two league games and about three exhibition games with us. So I count those. We've brought in almost 13 players this season. So yeah. it's a fresh start, a clean slate, and an uh, exciting time. We should mention Chad Butcher was at Oilers, as was Tyler Soy. They were both at Oilers rookie camp a couple of years ago. Butcher was probably the best player in Penticton one year. He scored 103 points in the Western Hockey League, and uh, Tyler Soy had 46 goals. And I would suggest, Stan, that if for people that don't know this, Alberta lost the final 4-2 to UNB at the national championships. They they out, outplayed you early, and you outplayed them in the final 40 minutes or so of that game. Um, you didn't have this, the player of the year. Luke Phillip got injured his ankle eight minutes into the game and was not available the rest of the game. And Tyler Soy was out with a wrist injury. You have those two guys, it might be a different end result. Yeah, you know, if ifs and buts or beers and nuts. I mean, yeah. it, it come down to that one that one game, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, um, you know what, it, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And like Ian said earlier, you know, I think it's up to our focus and our, uh, our desire to make sure we... Uh, we go one better this year. Well, it was like my first year with the Bears, Bob. We lost at Nationals, didn't even make it to the finals. Uh, our guys were pretty focused that summer, and now seeing our guys skate, they're already starting to skate on campus and watching them skate and working uh, and doing everything in the workout room because I'll stop by Seville, uh, see yeah. the focus, the determination on our guys. So it's a good thing. Are they uh, are today's players in considerably better shape than you guys were at that age? I think it's just the education, you know, they eat better, they look after their bodies better, they, they do train better. Um, we never had no disrespect, it just wasn't, this didn't happen back in the day, but we never had a full-time strength and conditioning coach like the boys have now. Uh, Joel Jackson does a great job. Ian's, you know, very well educated. He knows exactly, uh, you know, how to get the most out of the players and have them ready to play at their, uh, you know, in the best physical condition. And so those are just things that kind of evolve as the game evolves, I think. But to answer your question, there's no doubt they're in better shape than we were. All right. Uh, I won't. And plus now, that's a little bit more money involved. So now a lot of time you're taking a summer job and working that. A lot of our guys still do summer jobs, but they're not. They're able to free up some time to go skate or work out and everything else. So. Yeah. Uh, so I, w I know you won't answer this question. Can uh, Can Ian Herbert still uh, beat all your guys on the team right now in the grip test, Stan? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a few, i got to tell you, this is a funny story. So a few years ago we were doing our, our – uh, our fitness testing at the beginning of the year and Thomas Carr assistant captain medicine had had a great WHL career had a great career for us uh, won a East Coast League championship as well when he finished with us anyway pretty strong guy and he grabbed the the grip thing and had a pretty good uh, account for himself and then coach said give me that thing so he grabbed <laughs> He grabs the, the the gripper thing that measures your grip strength, and uh, he broke it. Yeah, so <laughs> there we go. Well, you are a huge man, like you know, six foot five. What are you two? 260 on a good day? Yeah, 220 playing weight. 220 playing weight. There you go. Yeah. All right. A uh, couple questions uh, pertaining to the national championship structure, and uh, and a new building, and the order rookie game. When we come back on Oilers Now, it is 120 in Edmonton. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Still to come, NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing with Brendan Escott, and we'll hear from former Golden Bear Derek Ryan. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 122 in Edmonton. Uh, Stan Marple, GM of the Golden Bears hockey program. Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A uh, in studio. Here we go. Let's race through some text at 630, 630. Uh, Bob, I worked with Stan at the City and Waste Services, and he was always talking and bragging in a good way about his time playing with the U of A. And then when he came back from Europe, he worked with me again. Anyways, uh, awesome guy, hell of a hockey player. And I'm glad he's uh, painted back at the UVA. That comes to us from Pete. Is that one of your brothers, Stan? What's uh, you got a lot of brothers, so <laughs> no, not a brother, but a good friend. Uh, Bob, can you ask Ian Herbert's about playing with Glenn Goodall uh, back in the uh, Detroit uh, times? You played was he in? No, he was a uh, 15-year-old in Seattle when right. I was in the Western. It, yeah, yeah, I played against him, but I don't. He was like there was Goodall and Gervais, right? Uh, yeah. Those they actually played as. Today? Yeah, Archibald 15, as well, yeah. I think, played one game as a 14 year Ah, there you go. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Um, here we go. Uh, this comes to us from Camrose Flint here. Thanks for reminding Oilers Nation and the U of A Golden Bears about the wonderful opportunity to see quality hockey on a year-by-year basis at the U of A. Uh, more text coming in regarding uh, the University of Alberta. This one comes in, guys, uh, from Epstein's mother. Epstein's mother says, what happened to the Euler rookie game against the Golden Bears that hasn't been played the last two years? So, Stan, uh, where are we at with that right now? Oh, well, you know, it's kind of like a lot of the city streets in Edmonton. They're under construction at the moment. But, uh, no, I, I think uh, I think we'll be able to bring it back eventually. I think, uh, you know, it's just a matter of... Uh, Hopefully, uh, having some good communication with the new management structure, and uh, I think uh, it's something we want to obviously work towards. There's a huge uh, history between the two organizations in regards to players, coaches over the decades. You know, Claire Drake, Randy Gregg, uh, Ian Herbers, Corey Cross, Billy Moore's uh, was with Mac T as his right-hand man for many years with with Charlie Huddy there. So there's there's a lot of synergy. There's a lot of, you know, Barry Stafford was a long-time trainer with the Golden Bears, played for the Golden Bears, and then was a long-time trainer with the, with the Oilers and just a great, another great guy. So um, I think there's a lot of history there, and I think, you know, over time, um, that game will be back. All right. Uh, I'll take it one step further. I don't think it had anything to do with the hockey operation side of either two organizations. So let's just leave it at that. Uh, you know, sometimes... Uh, relationships at higher levels break down and deteriorate. That occasionally occurs once in a while. The University Cup, it's completely flawed to me. Can I tell you why? Okay? It's, so what they did is, and you know, I'm the old SID from the U of A, so they used to have a six-team tournament, which guaranteed two home gates and a round robin for the host school, which gave you a chance as a host uh, bidding organization to at least break even on the tournament. Well, they decided to synchronize. We used synchronicity to open the show. Uh, hockey, men's and women's hockey, 
to basketball and volleyball. The problem with that is that the rights fee for the school to acquire men's basketball and men's hockey is set in some cases at five to six times the amount of the fee for some of these other sports. Okay? And so what's happened is it's eliminated certain institutions from being in a position to hire uh, to host the national championships. I guess it's set up true single-game elimination, but I think it's lost something. Uh, Stan, you uh, were on both sides of this uh, as a uh, as a coach, and then as, as and so were you, Ian. Actually, the first year the Bears won, well, that was the last year of the sixteen tournament. Yep. Yeah. So, which one's better in your mind? Uh, it's a tough call. I. Uh I like the simplicity of the eight teams because you know you're one and you go on, or you're one, or you're one and you're done. So it's in that way it's better. Uh, the whole system itself, I'd like to see more series type formats, which is obviously very difficult with university hockey. But ideally, I'd like to see a, a champion from the west, a champion from the east, champion from Ontario east and west, which includes Quebec, and just have a four-team tournament like the good old days. But when you guys played, it was yeah, a four-team yeah. tournament. Ian. Uh, for me, uh, well, I like the eight better than the six. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, we haven't hosted, so we don't know. And you that. never will. No, no. So till that's till our final until our final question coming yeah, up. That's so it's a different story in there. But I like the format a lot better because there was so much waiting around. It was so gimmicky with the six man format, and it, okay. it didn't like it at all. What I would like to see is uh, Canada West play Ontario West, a best of three. Uh, Ontario sure. East play Maritimes, a best of three. The winners meet and play a best of three, and you alternate which division gets to host it and everything else, and you have your two champions and a best of three. You don't have a, a set place where you can get all the sponsorship, but if we're hosting uh, UNB here, for example, we're going to be packing Claire Drake Arena. We'll be raising a lot of money. There'll be a lot of TV interest. There, yeah. There'll be a lot of good things happening out of it. Okay. Uh, and speaking of packing, Claire Drake, final question, Stan, over to you. you got 30 seconds. What's going on with the new building? Well, we're we're in a holding pattern at the moment. It's not dead, that's for sure. we got the footprint in place uh, on South Campus, and we're hopeful that the new provincial government will help us out in that regard. I'll put a call in to Jason for you, okay? I don't know if it's at the top of their priorities. I, I think getting people back to work is at the top of the list for those guys. When we come back at uh, 135 today, one of the true success stories, uh, certainly of recent vintage for the Alberta Golden Bears program, Derek Ryan of the Calgary Flames off to, uh, I'd like to thank Ian and Stan thank you for coming in the studio. Our pleasure and maybe Thanks, we'll see, maybe we'll uh, go by and see Bakes over at uh, 1905 sometime in the next near future I can see that in the crystal ball. Alright there you go. Uh, we'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.